Oh, you really Never. Never. Yeah. You don't wear it down the way you weed or something. Who's your birthday? West Friday? Oh, my goodness, man. There's no way to be. Brad's mom is going to be. His mom is going to be today. We'll see. Yeah, little baby boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Welcome. Am I on? No. We're trying to get me on here. Our sound man has gone to Florida with the youth, so. Hello. <laughs> Okay, we got my we got my mic set on. Okay, going to Florida. Uh oh. Good morning, everyone. (laughs) This is really really hot. I'm getting a lot of feedback here. I'm sorry. We miss our sound people when they're gone, don't we? (laughs) Glad you're here this morning. Welcome. We uh, we welcome you. It, it looks like it must be spring break or something. We've got a number of people that are out of town, uh, but we're glad that you are here and welcome you and uh, hope God will bless you in a very special way today. Um, a few uh, announcements I'd like to call to your attention today. First of all, I'd like to remind everyone of our attendance sheets. We, we'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. Uh, also, um, a, a little change, there are several things going on this afternoon, and there's a little change uh, to our schedule today. Our choir had planned a, um, uh, a rehearsal today at 5 o'clock, but we have a church council meeting at 5 o'clock this afternoon, so the choir meeting w- will be at 6 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock, and I think Larry just told our choir back there, but uh, In case some of you are a part of the special choir for our Easter service, um, then that rehearsal will be at 6 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock today. And also, since this is uh, spring break week, we will not be having um, our dinner, our Wednesday dinner this Wednesday, but we will be having our adult Bible study. I don't think there will be any children's activities uh, this week, but we will be having our adult Bible study at uh, 6.30 on Wednesday, and uh, this topic this week will be envy. Um, This does begin the week, uh, Holy Week, and uh, this is a very special week. There are several things going on in conjunction with that. Uh, First of all, on Thursday, we'll be celebrating Monday Thursday at uh, Zion United Church of Christ. That will be at 12 o'clock. 
And then at noon on Good Friday, um, we'll be celebrating uh, Good Friday at Holy Name Church. And then, of course, on next Sunday, we'll have our sunrise service, our Easter sunrise service at 6.30 in the morning. And that will be held at Methodist Hospital in the garden right behind the hospital there. So I hope that you can be a part of that. Also, on uh, next Sunday, our schedule will, will be a lot different. We'll be doing some different things on Sunday. Um, we will not be having our regular Sunday morning Bible study on Sunday morning. Instead, our choir will be pre presenting a, a musical at 9.30 in the morning. It's called Come Touch the Robe. And uh, we're looking forward to that great time. And then immediately after that, we'll be having our fellowship cafe back here. We'll have some uh, refreshments and things like that. And then our regular Easter worship service will begin at 1045 next Sunday. So I hope that you can be there for that. Uh, you'll, you'll notice that there are a lot of people missing today. Uh, a lot of people are out of town, including about 20 youth uh, that are gone to Panama City this week. So we'll be uh, keeping them in, their, in our prayers. They are traveling as we speak on their way to Panama City. We're glad that you are here today and hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way. And let me invite you to stand up, turn around, shake the hands of the people around you. And let's just greet each other in the name of the Lord. shine fill this land with the father's glory blaze spirit blaze set your hearts on fire flow river flow flood the nation with grace and mercy seated. We're going to introduce a new song to you this time. We're going to feature Brad Fleming on this one. He's going to sing the verses and uh, we're going to ask you to come in with the chorus. We're going to introduce this. is called Jesus Messiah. Messiah, name above. 
rescue for sinners The ransom from heaven Jesus Messiah Lord of all His body the bread Blood the wine Broken and poured out All for love The whole earth trembled And the veil was torn Love so amazing Love so amazing Yeah, Jesus Messiah Rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus Messiah, Lord of all. All
come on down, boys and girls. You're coming. I got a special place for you to sit today. I want you to join me on this red cloak. Sit down here on the floor. Get close to me because I got a bunch of stuff to show you. And I'm on, but I don't sound like I'm on at all. Testing. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be really close to this. I'll hold it. You know what? I'm surprised to see this many of you all here today. With vacation starting Friday and a lot of people out of town this next week. So I'm glad to see you. I, I thought maybe we'd have two or three, but we've got like 10 or 12 here today. That's great. Are y'all excited about vacation? Yes. Me too. I, guess where I'm going tomorrow? No, St. Louis. To the arch and the zoo and all those places. Yeah. How about that? We may see each other, Jerry. You are, okay. Well, I got lots to talk to you about today, so let's get started, okay? And if you listen really close, I've got something for you in the end, all right? So you gotta listen really, really close. Got some stuff to show you. I'm gonna try to pin this back up because I need my hands. And I'm just gonna have to talk down here if I can. Hopefully the congregation can hear me. So, this cloak that we're sitting on today is part of the story of today. So let's get started with the story for today. My first question is, have you ever seen one of these? You ever seen one of those? Who wears these? Kings and queens. Very, very, very good. Students of the day. On your birthdays, that's right, Jerry. A lot of teachers in school on special occasions will make students students of the day. And what sort of things do you get to do and special privilege do you get on students of the day? Kirk, what do you got? Has anybody ever been student of the day? You have? And what, what did you get to do? Play all day. Play all day? Well, usually you still have to study. <laughs> but you may get to go to the lunchroom first in the first of the line or go out to recess in the beginning of the line. You may get to take some papers down to the office for the teacher. You may get to do all sorts of special things. Now, is it a good thing to be student of the day? It, well, I think most people said, yeah, it is a good thing to be student. And why is it a good thing? Everybody wants to be, wear this crown, don't they? And be student of the day. Most people usually don't wear a crown unless they're a king or a queen or they're, some, they're something special. Royalty. And you know what? This reminds me of a story 2,000 years ago today that we're going to be talking about today. Pastor Tim is going to be talking about a king that rode into town on a donkey into the city of Jerusalem. Now, I'm sure you all know what king we're talking about. Who are we talking about, Maggie? We're talking about Jesus. That's exactly right. Jesus rode in town on a donkey 2,000 years ago today. Yeah, we're going to get to that in just a second. So, why do you think and that they used palm branches way, way, way back then and laid cloaks on the ground for Jesus to walk on? Any idea why they used these? Well, they didn't have flags. That's very true. If they'd had flags, they probably would have used these. But they waved these and they said, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they waved these because 
they were a national symbol, sort of like our stars and stripes are on our flag. The palm branch was a national symbol of Jerusalem. And actually, Jesus didn't have a crown on right then, but he probably had a, you know, a halo or something around him, and they really thought he was special. Yep, yep. So what does all of that have to do with us today, 2,000 years ago later? I'm going to tell you. Today is Palm Sunday. You are correct. It's the beginning of Holy Week. Pastor Tim just mentioned that because next Sunday is Easter. Easter. I love Easter too. I love Easter too. And Nibby last week talked about change and things that change. And there are lots of changes that occur this week in Holy Week before we get to Easter. There's a lot of changes. For example, 2,000 years ago on Palm Sunday, Jesus rode into town in Jerusalem. He was walking on cloaks. People were, they were having huge parades. They were waving these. They were treating him like royalty. But guess what the only problem was? It didn't last. He was king for a day. And later that week, he was tried, he was beaten, he was arrested, and he was crucified on Friday. But you know what? That was all part of God's plan. And there are lots of changes that occur in Holy Week. And Mary or Todd will get into probably a lot of those things next week on Easter. There's great changes that happen on Easter. Getting, you go Easter egg hunting next Saturday here. You sure do. <laughs> Getting back to today, though, you know, Jesus, he doesn't want to be king for a day in our lives, does he? He really doesn't. He wants to be king in our lives forever. He wants to be our forever king. And the Bible tells us this, that one day every knee will bow and confess that Jesus Christ is king of kings and Lord of lords. You know, there's a lot of symbols for Holy Week. You'll see some of them up here on the, they're on the worship folder, they're up here on the screen. Palms are one of them we mentioned, the washing of feet because Jesus washed his disciples' feet, communion or bread and wine, crowns, and a cross. There's lots of symbols for this week. And today on Palm Sunday, let's remind ourselves that Jesus is our forever king. And the way we're going to remind ourselves of that is we're going to take these. I'm going to give you, after a prayer we have, we're going to take these palm branches and we're going to put them on the altar table as a reminder that Jesus is our forever king. Okay? So I'll give you one of these and then I'm going to give you one to keep and take back. How about that? So let's all pray together. Jesus, we adore you. We thank you for these special children and the blessings they bring to us today. Today, we crown you as Lord and King of our lives forever. We give you our lives in service to you, not just for today, but every day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for your attention. Everybody take a palm branch and put it on the altar table over there. Be careful. I'll give you all one. Here you go. And then I'll give you one to take back, okay? And the crown is going to go over there too. Kirk, would you put the crown over there and put not the student, but Jesus is our forever king facing the front. There you go. Everybody gets two. Everybody gets two. You can keep one and put one on the altar. Uh, over here, Jerry. Over here on this table. You're over here on this one. There you go. My name's Greg. There you go. 
Look, good thing we got lots of palms. There you go. There's two. There's two. You can get one. There you go. There's two. There you go. I tell you what, see me after church and I'll give you an extra one if there's any left, okay? You'll have a great week. Put one on the table, please. Thanks. Well, there you go. Everybody, you didn't get one, Maggie? You didn't get one either. Okay, there you go. Thank you. Who didn't get one? Okay, all right. Where? Back here, right? You get one?
Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, the first 10 verses. When Jesus and his disciples were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, What are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks upon it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. This is the word of God for you and for me. Thanks be to God. Let us pray together. Oh God, we thank you today for this special day. We thank you for this week that has been given to remind us of what took place on that eventful week so many years ago. A time then when we reflect upon the love that you have for us. A time we re- when we reflect upon the fact that you loved us so much that you gave your life for us. That is the source of all of our salvation, O oh God, and we are grateful for that. We are mindful today of many in our congregation who are suffering today. Many are sick. Several are grieving loss today, and we pray for them especially, that your comfort and your peace would be upon them. And be with us today as we continue in our worship, that we may bring glory to you, O God, in all that we do and say. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, we thank you today for being with us. We pray that this will be a great worship time together when we get to go one-to-one with you to really let you know how we feel about you and uh, that we will also be listening for your voice to guide us in the further things of this day. There'll be nothing in our lives any time this week or in our lives that will interfere with hearing your voice. We thank you for these offerings and tithes and pray they'll be going to spread your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Today is, today is Palm Sunday, um, and there was a little girl who came home from worship service on Palm Sunday, and her uh, father asked her what she had learned that day, so she told him that she had learned all about the crowd of people waving their palm branches and singing a song to Jesus. The father was pleased that she had learned so much, so he asked her what was the song that they were singing to Jesus. And the little girl paused for a moment, and then she said, I think it was, Oh, Susanna. <laughs> well, well, Palm Sunday is a celebration of that wonderful day when all the crowds of people welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem, and the crowd sang, Oh, Susanna, to Jesus. Well, not exactly. They sang, Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They welcomed Jesus as their potential liberator from the oppression of Rome, uh, but they didn't realize that he really came as their savior from the ravages of sin and death. And even more importantly, Palm Sunday helps us to prepare for this, this holy week that we are beginning today. This last week in Jesus' earthly ministry, culminating in, this, in his terrible crucifixion on Good, Good Friday and, and his wonderful resurrection on Easter Sunday. You know, the, the bank meltdowns in recent months reminded me of a true story that happened last year. Uh, I ran across uh, not too long ago. It was about a man who was standing in line at a bank, and there was some commotion at the counter. A woman was standing there, and she was quite vi visible, visibly distressed, and she was exclaiming, where will I put my money? I have all my money here. My mortgage is here. What will happen to my mortgage? Well, it turns out that she had misunderstood a small sign that was sitting on the counter, which read, we will be closed for Good Friday. I guess she wasn't familiar with the events of Holy Week because she thought that the bank was going to be closed for good on Friday. <laughs> we would be closed for good, good Friday. Well, in today's financial environment, uh, she might have had good reason to think that. But Palm Sunday is, is the beginning of the most important week of the Christian calendar. Christ is welcomed into Jerusalem, but then the crowds begin to, to turn against him. He has his last supper with his disciples, and then the week ends with his broken body hanging on the cross of Calvary, his disciples fleeing in disbelief, only a few days later to have their world turned upside down as he began to appear to them in his resurrected body. What a magnificent drama in one week, this one short week. A magnificent message encapsulated in a very short period of time, and it is the message of our salvation. John explained it like this in the prologue to his gospel. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 
But what does all that mean? And more importantly, what does it mean in our lives to you and to me? Well, let me suggest three important themes that I believe emerge from these last few days of Jesus' physical life here on earth. First of all, we see Christ's incredible courage as he faced unbelievable cruelty. He knew that it was a matter, it, it didn't matter how many palm branches they threw at his feet. His head was not, <clears throat> was not turned by the, the hosannas and the garments which paved his path. He knew what lay ahead for him. For you see, he had been sent here with a purpose. And it was very evident to him that that purpose was leading him to the cross. Back in March of 1994, a young man armed with a handgun and a bomb walked into the Salt Lake City Public Library and took everyone on the second floor hostage. The young man, Clifford Lynn Draper, seemed at the time to be mentally unstable. He gathered all the people on the second floor of the library and forced them into a conference room. And among the hostages was a man who had chosen to be there. His name was Lloyd Prescott, a local police officer. Prescott had been on the first floor of the library when he heard the news that an armed man had taken the second floor hostage. And so he snuck up the stairs and he, he mingled in with the hostages who were being herded into the conference room because Prescott knew that the best way to solve this situation was to hide his own identity and become a hostage himself. Their young captor was angry and violent and unstable. But eventually he made a mistake and Prescott was able to, to catch Draper by surprise and, and save the lives of all the other hostages there on that floor. In the same way, our, feet, our faith teaches us that humanity was held hostage by sin and by death. And Christ was sent into this world to infiltrate our world in order to, to set us free from that bondage of sin and death. He was sent to break that power of sin in our lives and that keeps us from being all that God has created us to be. And he knew that that would not be an easy task. He was painfully aware of the, the messianic prophecy from the book of Isaiah that said, The sovereign Lord has opened my ears. I have not drawn back. I offered my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from the mocking and spitting. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Christ knew that salvation would not come without suffering. And really, when you think about it, nothing worthwhile does. And this was the most important endeavor ever undertaken by a human being. His death on the cross. Henry Nouwen tells a disturbing story about a family that he knew in Paraguay. The, fa the father, a doctor, 
was active in protests against the military, and, and he spoke out repeatedly against the human rights abuses that were taking place there. And so the local police took revenge on the father by arresting his teenage son and torturing him until he was dead. It was a terrible crime. Well, the townsfolk wanted to turn his funeral into a large protest mark, march, but uh, the doctor chose another way to protest. For you see, the doctor displayed his son's body in the local church. He did not dress it up in a fine suit. The funeral director applied no makeup. In fact, the father displayed his son's body just as he had found him in the jail. His son was naked. His body bore the marks from electric shocks and cigarette burns and beatings. It did not lie in a coffin but on, a, on the blood-soaked mattress of the, from the jail. And it was the strongest form of protest imaginable because it put injustice out there for everyone to see. And now we see Christ hanging there on that cross. He hangs there naked. In reverence to Christ, paintings usually show him with a loincloth, but that was not the practice for crucifixion. The condemned person hung there naked. And the execution was always carried out publicly, which enhanced the humiliation for those who were punished. Crucifixion was regarded as the worst form of execution, reserved only for the worst criminals. It was utterly cruel and demeaning, so terrible that it was only used for the, the lowest classes of society and for the worst crimes possible, such as treachery and treason. Roman crucifixion generally followed a flogging which in and of itself could kill a person. And generally the victim would carry his own crossbeam to the cross, to the place of execution, and there the person would be nailed to the crossbeam, which of course is what they did to Jesus. And it was not death that Christ dreaded as he knelt on that Thursday evening in the garden and prayed that this cup might be taken from me. But it was the pain, it was the suffering that he dreaded. It was not the death itself. And, and those of you who, who have had a loved one who has suffered in their illness understands that sometimes death can come as a sweet relief. But Christ, who emptied himself so completely and became as we are, chose to experience the full depths of human suffering so that we might be delivered from death and despair. So first of all, we see Christ's incredible courage in the face of terrible cruelty and suffering. But the second theme in this magnificent drama is that it is God's love that was poured out in the death of God's Son. We are told in John that God so loved the world that he gave his very own Son. And in Romans, we are told that this is the demonstration of God's love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Pliny the Elder was a Roman writer who lived during the same period as, as Jesus. 
He told a story about the erection of a, of a giant obelisk. And an obelisk is a tall, narrow, four-sided, uh, tapering monument which ends with a pyramid at the top of it. And ancient obelisks were, were usually made of a single piece of stone. And this particular obelisk that Pliny was, was talking about would st stand 99 feet tall. So this was no small endeavor here to construct and, and, and bring this obelisk up. And so when the time came for them to erect this obelisk, 20,000 workers were chosen to pull on the ropes and activate the hoisting apparatus to bring this, this tremendous statue upright. There was a great responsibility and risk in this operation. Just one error could cause the obelisk to fall, ruining literally years of work. And so the king demanded one act which ensured complete attention and best direction of the engineer in charge of the operation. For you see, the king ordered that the engineer's own son be strapped to the apex of the obelisk, thus ensuring that the engineer's heart as well as his head would be given to the task. In a similar way, God watches as Christ hangs on that cross. And believe you me, God's heart was broken. And anyone who has been a parent understands this to a small degree as our hearts have been broken when we have seen our own children suffer in some way. Tim Miller writes about a time when he experienced what God must have experienced that day on Calvary. It seems that Miller's nine-year-old daughter, Jennifer, had been looking forward to their, their family vacation, but then she became ill, and that long-anticipating anticipated day at SeaWorld was replaced by an all-night series of CAT scans and x-rays and blood work and, and things like this in the hospital. And then as morning began to approach, the doctors told this exhausted little girl that they had one more test to do, and she and that was a, sp a spinal tap. This procedure is very painful. It hurts. And this is a nine-year-old little girl. The doctor asked him if he planned to stay in the room, and he nodded, knowing that he couldn't possibly leave his little girl alone during, during this kind of ordeal. They had her curl up into a tight, tiny ball and and Tim says that he buried his face in hers and he hugged her as tightly as he could. And when the needle went in, Jennifer cried and, and as the searing pain increased, she repeated through, through her sobs, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. It was as if she were saying to him, Daddy, can't you do something? Tim's tears mingled with hers and his heart was broken. He felt nauseated because he, he loved her so much. But he was allowing her to go through this most agonizing experience of her life. And he could hardly stand it. In the middle of that spinal tap, his thoughts went to the cross of Christ. And he thought to himself, what unspeakable pain both the Son and the Father went through as Jesus hung on that cross. And it's true. 
We see Jesus' courage and we see God's amazing love poured out on that cross. And here is the most astounding thing of all. It was all done for us. It was all done for us. We didn't deserve it. But Christ died because of his love for us. That is wonderful good news today, my friends. Christ died on that cross because he loved us that much. Some of our younger members and probably some of our older members too are undoubtedly fans of Harry Potter. Anybody here read Harry Potter and seen the movies there? Uh, I am. I've read every one of the books. I've seen all of the movies so far. But, but in case you've been living on Mars for the past few years and you don't know... Harry Potter is, is the adolescent star of a series of seven fantasy novels by J.K. Rowling. And there's, of course, a, a villain in this series of books named Lord Voldemort, um, which I'm breaking protocol here because his name is not supposed to be uttered. Um, <laughs> he is the one whose name is not to be spoken. Uh, but he is an evil wizard. And at the end of the first book, Harry Potter learns that Voldemort murdered both his parents when Harry was a tiny baby. He first murdered Harry's father, and then he tried to murder Harry to be sure that Harry, as his father's heir, would not be a threat to him as he grew to maturity. But of course, he did not succeed in murdering Harry because when he tried to do so, Harry's mother threw herself in the way taking the blow of the curse and dying in Harry's place. And then when Voldemort tried to kill Harry, he couldn't. In fact, the curse that he hurls at Harry rebounds onto Voldemort himself and drained him of all of his powers. All he could manage was to leave a a lightning bolt shaped scar on Harry's forehead and everyone immediately recognized Harry because of that scar on his forehead. Because of his mother's sacrificial love, Harry was able to live and Voldemort's powers were greatly diminished. Throughout the series of books, Voldemort makes repeated attempts to capture and to kill Harry Potter, but each time he fails. And finally, Harry asked his wise headmaster of the school, Dumbledore, why Voldemort could not kill him. And this is what Dumbledore said. He said, your mother died to save you. And if there's one thing that Voldemort cannot understand, it is love. He didn't realize that love has a power as as powerful as your mother's for you, leaves its own mark. To have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is no longer around, will give us some protection forever. It's in your very skin. Voldemort could not touch you for this reason. It was agony to touch a person marked by something so good. The reason Harry could not be killed was because of his mother's sacrificial love for him. And the reason that you and I can be victorious over sin and death is because of Christ's sacrificial love for us. And that's the reason 
Palm Sunday is so important for us. And that's the reason Holy Week is so important for us because it's not a scar on our forehead that tells us that someone has died in our behalf. It is the cross on Golgotha that tells us that we are recipients of an everlasting, powerful love. The cross of Jesus speaks of amazing love, sacrifice, and hope in the presence of evil. But Christ's courage sustains him in the face of of barbaric cruelty. God's heart breaks as God suffers with God's Son. But his love comes shining through because it was all done for us. We have been redeemed at a great, great price. And our response to that should be, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of of response. It's number 210, My Jesus, I Love Thee. There may be someone here today who needs to make that commitment to Jesus Christ and to respond to the coming of Christ And the great love that Christ has for you. A love that's demonstrated on that cross. If you need to make that commitment, I hope that you'll do that today before leaving. Perhaps you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church. If God is dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you to come as we sing together 210. My Jesus, I love thee. Would you come? May we begin this Holy Week with much reverence and much thought as to what this week means in our lives. Let us be reminded daily during this week of the great sacrifice that was made by Christ, a sacrifice made because He loves us so much. 
Let us be reminded of the resurrection and hope because one day we too will be resurrected with Christ. And let us go in the power of God's love for us, a power of love that protects us from the evil that tries to thwart God's ways. Go in God's strength, in God's peace, in God's love, and in God's hope. In Christ's name, amen. Thank you.